I need you so, or side by side. That sounds cool. So um, welcome anyone that's watching and a special welcome to anybody that's new to me or us or this. Um, and if you're struggling today, then you're definitely watching the right thing. So thank you very much for choosing this over all the millions of things that you could be doing today. Um, so I'm Andrea from Dominant Mindset Coaching and I was a dominatrix for 12 years. Um, I got sober in 2018 and... Now I'm a confidence coach and introduce yourself and, and let everybody know who you are and a bit about you. My name is Maria Tatche and I am a public speaking and voice coach. So I coach business professionals and powerful women. I think you froze. Oh, did I freeze there? Andrew, are you there? Oh, I think you froze for every second, frozen. Because you're frozen for me. Yeah, move about so I can... No, you're frozen. Are you back? Are you there? Yeah, you just, did I freeze for you? Because you were frozen there for me. Yeah, just for a moment there, right? Cool. Okay. So back to, back to you. So if you introduce yourself and a wee bit about you. <laughs> My name is Maria Tetche. I am a public speaking and voice coach. So basically, I help business professionals and powerful women to feel, look, and sound like a million bucks when they go to speak and communicate and present themselves, whether it's creating videos for your social media, whether it's that TED talk you have coming up or whether it's uh, having a high stakes meeting with a client or giving a presentation. Amazing. Yep. Excellent, cool. And I mean, right away, you're an amazing speaker. Like the presence that you've got on camera is just like amazing. So good. Um, so what do you think, you mentioned powerful women and that's one of the people that you coach, but what do you think makes a woman powerful? For me, and at the age of 53, I'm kind of just getting, I'm just getting my teeth into this, I think now, this last couple of years. And I feel really fortunate that I am now gravitating towards powerful women, women who are, who sit back into themselves. And that is something I know when I'm in a situation, look, we all, this is the thing is that we all have situations where we're feeling outside our comfort zone, uncomfortable, really challenged, and that adrenaline kicks in, we all start to panic and get a little bit nervous. Yeah. And the big thing about those moments that I'm finding, and as a, I'm, I make my living as an actor and singer, as performer as well. And there, you know, and I live in Dublin, Ireland, and for, you know, it's a tiny little country. So you're always, you know, you could be on TV pushing something or on the radio or being interviewed for a magazine or a news article. So there's a lot of situations that you're in where, where I am communicating and representing myself in a certain way. And in those situations, what I find when, when my head starts to go a little bit, a little bit. Uh, tilted and thinking oh gosh should I say this and would I sound like this and what are they going to think when that starts happening it's like just remembering to sit back into yourself sit back into your power and just lean lean back a little bit I think that that is one thing that is huge and that is so common amongst the women 
and well, and men as well, but specifically mm-hmm. women, because we tend to be a little bit on the back foot yeah. when it comes to business and corporate situations. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And it is changing. It's not going to change overnight. So as women, we need to, we need to capitalize on our assets. And as women, we are connected very deeply in that lower belly, that, that, that very deep place of power and groundedness. Mm-hmm. And I think as women that we have, we've got like a superpower and that is to, we are very connected with that place for a lot of reasons, yeah. whether it's physically, physiologically, spiritually, whatever. And what I find is when those, you know, the, 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 the power, the, the women that I coach, a lot of them are at senior executive level or they run their own companies, they're CFOs or CEOs. And they have the same fears, doubts, and insecurities as anyone else that I coach. Mm. And I think that is a great leveler of this kind of, this work, this voice work, the, the, the public speaking work. But it's women who really take the time to just breathe take a moment and sit back into their power. And that is a simple, it sounds so simple, but you know, it's a practice. It's practicing doing that. And then it becomes a reflex. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a habit because we have all kinds of other habits that hold us back from that. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love that you're talking about that kind of groundedness. There was a, there was a dorm that I used to work with years ago and I don't know if you remember, but remember the phrase big dick energy was going around? Oh, yeah. Like, guys have got big dick energy. We were like, sack that. We've got big tit energy. <laughs> we were just <laughs> powering our tits. <laughs> yeah, we've got power someplace else. It says, you know, they spend nine months getting out and their whole life trying to get back in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So I love that. I absolutely love that. And um so what's something that you've had to you've had to battle through that's had you come out the other side more powerful? Mm. Well, I think one of the biggest things recently is being afraid to step onto the big stage in a very specific and purposeful way. Mm. And that fear of being judged of what other people, you know, other people's opinions, all the hundred forms of fear. Yeah. They're hanging around there. <laughs> uh, I think I made a very conscious choice a couple of months ago to, it's funny, you know, when you get older as a woman, like I'm in my fifties now, and there's something that happens when you get to that place as a woman, it happened in my sort of happened in my forties, but it happened much more in my fifties. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling that time is not, that time is finite. And that I have a certain number of of physically mobile, mentally sharp years, (laughs) you know, coming up. And that if not now, when? If I don't, if I don't do it now, well, when am I going to do it? And that has been a big factor in putting a fire under my my backside Mm -hmm. to say, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, I got it. I've gotten a few troll uh, 
you know, messages already from people out there. Um, and no, it's not pleasant, but you know, it was like, boom, it's there. Like, oh my God, that's horrible. And then, oh, but that's one person. Oh God, that's a, that's a troll. And you know, to go, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's those fears of fear of being judged and fear of other people's opinions, fear of not being enough, all those fears. But I, at the moment, I am so laser focused on where I know I'm going. And also to feel 100%. I know why. I know what it is I want to do now. I know what my purpose is, like the deepest part of, of my purpose. And that is to help other people to own their voice and to own their space, to own their stage, whatever that is for them. And to know that when that happens, it starts to bleed into all the other parts of, of, of our lives, our communications with the people that we love, communications with our partner, communications with in our business, but also in our personal lives and the people around us and how we show up for them. And that's massive because I know that that's what's happened for me. And if I can help other people do that with what I've learned has worked, works for me and has worked for, you know, my other clients, if just one person gets it, then that's, that's huge. That's amazing. And then, and I, I totally get what you mean about like stepping into this. And stepping into that power because I remember when I first started coaching I found it easier to tell people that I was a dom than I did to tell people that I was a coach and you like most people on the outside would probably think that would be the other way about like when you tell people you're a dom like but I found that easier to tell people than to say I'm a coach and and there was something that someone said to me recently and and it really stuck with me and and it was it, when you were saying if not now when but the other the phrase that I heard was what are you saving it for oh yeah yeah what are you saving all that love all that generosity all that passion yeah and people are terrified actually you know it's funny I find that People are so afraid of letting go of their opinions about themselves too. Oh, fuck yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just kind of go, well, and, and you know, this whole thing about, you know, yourself, there's a huge buzz now in the, in the corporate world around heart-based this and heart-based that. And, and they're only just copping on to the fact that if you are not, if you don't allow yourself to be with your audience, and that is, in the sense of I'm a human being talking to a group of human beings of one or one, one human being or 10,000 human beings, depending what, you know, what you're doing, but it doesn't, the, the impulse doesn't change for being a human talking to other humans. Yeah. And to, to give it all, leave it all on the stage, not walk away, taking anything with you. Mm-hmm. It's a massive step for a lot of people, but you know, it doesn't happen, you know yourself, it doesn't happen in one step. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of steps and you fill up your arsenal of weapons, you fill up your toolbox. So yeah. you've got, yeah, you've got that ready to go every time you need to do, do 
of uh, speak at a conference or create a video for your for your Instagram or whatever it is. It was like, and you remind me of a story. Um, I've got an aunt, and I remember when I first started doming, we we sat and had a chat, and I was like a little bit concerned about you know people are going to find out and it's a bit more out there than when I was a stripper and like because you go into the club and you leave the club and that's it right nobody really knows whereas this is like out there it's on the internet it's in directories it's on websites and um and I was a bit concerned and and my aunt who's always been a real bold character um the bit of advice that she gave me right back at the start I've just carried with me my whole life and she said to me it's all in your delivery it's all in how you say it because if people ask you what you do and you look at your feet and you act like you're ashamed they're going to think it's something shameful but if you look them dead in the eye and you tell them what you do and you act like you're proud of it and that there's nothing to be ashamed of then they won't see it as shameful and they'll probably be quite interested and you'll get less negative responses and so I thought okay that's what I'm going to do then and that's what I did and I had other doms telling me, keep it quiet, change your name, don't tell anyone, you know, don't let people know because otherwise you'll, you'll attract too much attention, you'll have the papers at your door, you'll have this and that. And, and I threw caution to the winds with that and I just decided, well, if I'm hiding it, I'm telling everybody that it should be hidden. And so I d- decided to just be very out and proud. And I did newspaper articles and I did TV work and I did... And I got to meet some of the most magical people and I got to do things that I never thought I'd ever be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I still get terrified, nervous when it comes to being on TV or doing things like that in the media. But I keep going back to that story. It's all down to my delivery. And if I go out there out and proud, then it gives other people the permission to do that too, because there is nothing shameful about being a dominatrix or any of these things. And you know, I was even given the advice um, off of a coach to say that perhaps I'm not fully into my coaching if I'm still attached in any way to that old life. But I'm like, who says I can't do it all? Who says I can't have everything? And, and you know, I'm not sessioning anymore because I don't have to. Right? I'm, I'm coaching and I'm loving it. And, and um but I'm still, I still have such a love and a fondness for the kink scene that, yeah, I will still speak on behalf of people that are kinky and I will still do media stuff. And, and if people do take umbrage or issue with that or think that I'm not committed as a coach, then they're not my people, you know, and that's that. So, so yeah, and I, I did a TV thing just recently for Channel 4, which I'm so excited about it coming out. And I got to talk about all my dating experiences as a dom and then after doming and, and how, you know, being in the adult industry does follow you about. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you leave, you still have to have those kind of conversations with people like, look, there's stuff on the internet about me. Mm. That your parents might find out or your brother or your sister or your pals. So I just want to prepare you for that. And if you've got any questions, then you can ask me. And I've been so lucky with the relationship that I've got now that he's just like, it's hilarious. Like there's nothing, there's nothing there that he's um he's weirded out by or anything. So, so oh. yeah. So it was good. So sorry, I'm digressing here. Um so what were you were saying about the, the thing that you've come through to create more power for yourself, but what would you say are the, the main lessons that you've learned for yourself over life about power? and how to, how to create it and maintain it? 
I think one of the main things is that power is not something that is, power is not something that you use, I guess I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And when I've been in situations, like I grew up in a house of, of a very abusive um, man. And for me, that was power. He had power over all of us. And as children, you know, you don't, you don't have a huge amount of choice a lot of the time. You, you, you can't get out of there. It's, you know, and then, so that was, it was very difficult. So my perception of what power was, was a very unhealthy thing. Yeah. It was something that was wielded. It was something that was used to keep you down, to hurt, to control. Yeah. And it's taken me a good part of my life because I, um, I, you know, I, I came from a, a place of alcohol addiction yeah. and food addiction, all of those things, because those were my ways of coping yeah. with my situation. Yeah. <laughs> Those were my, that was what I had. And pretty soon those things, you know, after, after a good few years, uh, 17 years now, I've, I haven't been doing those things. But they don't go away. They still raise their ugly heads because there will be situations where I need to cope or I need to figure out what to do. And so those patterns are, those are my familiar patterns. So it's changing those patterns, which has mm-hmm. helped hugely. And so now power for me means something very different. Power means power I mean for lack of a better word it's more of a feminine connotation than a masculine if that makes sense that may not be fair to men but for me it's in a very different place in my body than it used to be yeah it used to all be up here Mm -hmm. and now my power is is in my that that lovely lovely pelvis lower belly gorgeous fecund energy and that is for me then power is it's it's a very it's a huge thing that is full and generous the word generosity always comes up for me and that's the word I always use with my clients as well especially when they're in situations where they're feeling the nerves come up that energy that adrenaline bump and generosity the word generous is a, is a really good way to start to channel that energy in a, in a way that's going to be useful for you in that yeah. moment. So, yeah, it's become powers has become has come to mean something much more. I won't say soft. It's it's not that it's more. It's, it's something that brings me together with other people rather than holds me above or apart from people. Yes, uh, I get that. Yeah, power, I think, for a long time had... I mean, so when I was a dom, one of the words that we used to get thrown at is we were weirdos. Use a weird, you're CD, you're weird. And in a way back then, 10... 15 years ago, what I started doing was taking back the power from that word. So I built on Twitter, Team Weirdo. So the people couldn't then say it to us, like, yeah, we are. Okay, next, you know? And and then power, I think, has been almost a dirty word for a while of like, because it gets conflated with control and it gets conflated with 
you know, bullying and all of that kind of stuff and, and a, a removal of rights or a removal of agency. Whereas for me, I think that power is about causing your life instead of just letting it happen, you know, like going out and what do I want for myself and taking full responsibility for that and being effective and being efficient in our lives and our relationships as well. And, you know, we all have innate power. We have that ability to just clear space between you and that person. And I just, I think that's when we recognize that we've got that, then, then we can start to heal all these kind of bits around us that are causing us issues. Like, um, you know, for me, alcohol and, and food was definitely an issue for me. And also <clears throat> at one point, um, class A drugs so I was getting out and I was doing coke at the weekend or I was doing pills or you know anything to just get myself out of my head mm. because I felt so powerless in my own life that I had no control over anything and that I, well, I had no control over myself and what happened to me whereas when I got that sense of power back that actually I get to decide and I get to set those boundaries and I get to say what is what happens for me and how my life goes God, that that was the, the the key thing that helped me just to put the booze down and put everything else down. And, and I thought I don't need to escape anymore. Mm. Like mm. I, I'm in I'm in charge. I decide and I get to say what's what's gonna happen and what's not gonna happen for me. Um and it's almost like getting that power made me, and it doesn't mean that I, I go around telling everybody else what to do. It's just the only person that I'm in control of is me. And, and I loved that. I loved getting that from, and especially for, I did 12 steps recovery. And that was the kind of big takeaway that I got from that was that I no longer have to be like this victim that was going about escaping from everything, running away and ducking and diving and hiding from relationships and walking by people in the street, like, fuck, I can't talk to them because of that thing that I said at that party and oh, mm. all of that stuff's gone now because it's all, you clean up the mess. So Clean up the mess, clean up your, yeah. And also that the realization, especially with 12 steps, which I absolutely 100% know changed my life and the way I thought about myself and how I am with other, you know, how I am with other people. But that idea of just keeping, you know, we were saying this just before we went live, it's, cleaning up your side of the street like I'm responsible for my side of the street yeah which is plenty to be getting on with <laughs> yeah. so worrying about what other people are thinking about me and or even if they are well I was thinking to myself Jesus why are you what kind of life must you have to be preoccupied with me and my life I mean seriously yeah. this it's just and it's it's amazing too you know this idea of drama mm -hmm. And how just personally, this idea of, I used to have this thing up on my wall here. It was, uh, it said something like, I'm paraphrasing. Um, there, there comes a time in your life when you walk away from drama and all the people who cause it. Yeah. And I think because of the way I grew up, I felt most comfortable in the drama. Oh, me too. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. It's what yeah, I, it's I familiar. It was what's familiar. So what's amazing is that now I know <laughs> there's, there's going to be plenty of drama coming down the line in my life. And I don't need to create it or be around other people who create it because it's going to be there anyway. And like this year has taught me anything. 
I, I mean, there's part of me that cannot wait for 2021 to be over. It's just been an incredible series of unfortunate events that have happened. <laughs> you know, whether it's my own, whether it's illness, whether it's people, you know, my my wonderful friend who I've lived with for 16 years uh, died in, in August. Oh my gosh. Yeah, or I had to go in for an emergency surgery when he was in hospice. We're like, what's wrong with our house? What is, our house is, our, what is, what's the, what's in the water? You know, we're all in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's, and I, there are times this year where I've gone, oh, poor me, God, all this is happening. Oh. You know, the poor me is the pity party and oh, would drive anyone to drink. If you had a drink, it would be fine. And you know something, the women who I, who I actually want to be around are, and this is so wonderful because I've heard this over the last few days, just get, get out. And someone in my recently close to me in my business as well said, you know, some this morning and the last few mornings, getting, get my, swinging my legs out of bed, putting my two feet on the floor, standing up and doing the next right thing is pretty much the bravest thing I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I was so glad that she shared that because with addiction and and those types of things, I also have had massive uh, problems with depression in my life. Yeah. And I got medication for the first time a few years ago. I'd never gotten medication for it. And I have had at least two or three serious breakdowns, like breakdowns where I should have been hospitalized because I was not able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And when I hear people, we're, and, and there's still a stigma around mental illness. Yeah. I don't care what Prince, Prince Harry or whoever is saying about it, making programs, and that's wonderful. Yeah. But the fact is that Joe Schmo, like me, yeah. it's just, you know, there are some days where it's got me by the short and curlies and it is shaking me. And the best I can do is actually to just show up for the day and not do anything that's going to make, make it worse, which would be picking up a drink, a drug, or compulsively overeating any of those activities, any yeah. of those reactions. Mm-hmm. And so I would say to anyone who's watching this, right now if you are feeling like you just just don't see the point today you don't see the point it's not going to be any different this is the way it's going to be forever and I'm always going to feel that way this way that I'm feeling which is lost insecure fearful Mm -hmm. doubts all of those things I would say to you I hear you sister I totally get it and Put your two feet on the ground today and tell some one person today how you're feeling. Open your mouth to just one person today. Yeah. Because you're not alone. You are not. And you can do this. Just put on your seatbelt and remember it may not change this moment or this hour or this today, but it will change. Trust me. I, I hear you. And I've been there more times than I've had hot dinners. You <laughs> get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I've actually got a thing on my wall in my living room that says, I can't wait to see the good that comes out of this. Oh, that's so good. And whenever something shitty, like real shitty is happening, I'm like, there's gold in this and I can't wait to see the gold that comes out of this. Oh, wow. 
when you were saying about the the drama and avoiding that, um, you know, my my sponsor and the people that were around me and when I was in the twelve step recovery, were really big on just mind your business. Sometimes that's what you need to do, just mind your business. So my friend and I, who we went through recovery together, um, she was super good at minding her business, like really, really good at it. And, and I admired her for it. Uh, and to the point where, <clears throat> so she smoked and, um, and I was in my kitchen and I was doing the dishes and she was out in the back step just having a, smoking a roll up. And um, she's just sitting there smoking away. So I'm looking out the window and I'm going, is that, that can't be her. Because there was a lot of smoke. And then I looked a bit closer and I realised that over the back wall from my, because my, I've got my, my house, my garden, a big wall, and then just bushes. And then there's like an industrial unit further along. But I'm like, there's a raging fire over the wall. Like there was literally something that was on, on fire and there was plumes of smoke and the smoke was getting darker and darker. And I went outside and she's just sitting there like, <laughs> I don't think you've got such a level of minding your business that's a literal inferno over my back wall. And you've got no idea. And she's like, oh, I didn't even smell it. And I'm just like, fucking hell. Yeah, so she, we always used to kind of joke about that, you know, the, the just minding your business to the level of, and it turned out there was a mattress that had been dumped and then set on fire. And um, we had to get the fire brigade out and everything and it all get kind of sorted, but absolutely mental. So, so yeah. But, um, so, okay, so I've got some fun questions and one of the things that, that I like to ask clients and I love to ask just anybody that will let me ask it, is about, um, it's about, I call them the death questions. So it really kind of brings perspective into, into what we're doing in life and what we're up to. And so there's two things that are absolutely guaranteed in life. And one of them is that we're all going to die one day. And then the other one is that we don't know when. So if you had 24 hours left to live, how would you spend them? On the ocean. Yep, on or near the ocean. It's my happy place. Okay. My happy place, yep. And I would be with, I may, I don't know, I'd be with um, my, my, my friends that I count on that hand. Mm -hmm. And my mom. Oh. Yeah. And what if you had a week? <clears throat> How would you spend the week? On or near the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> More ocean. My happy place. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a week. And I would also include a lot of singing in there because it's it's one of the things that brings so much energy and it brings a lot of energy and focus into the body when you sing. Yeah. Because the vibrations that you create when you sing, because uh, you know, voice is voice, whether you're speaking or singing, you're creating vibrations and they're vibrations that manifest themselves and resonate in the body. Yeah. And that we get excited when those vibrations start start really getting intense and when we sing we are just creating vibrations in a more specific way yeah and there's something about the 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 catalyst of music mm -hmm. it's a it's a catalyst for words and storytelling that is just sl slightly it adds a, a layer of color onto our communication so it definitely would include singing and 
just beauty, beauty in the sense of beautiful food, beautiful people, and a beautiful place. And to just, just to be, and to not worry about where I, not having to be anywhere. Love it. And <clears throat> what if you had a year? A year? Yeah. God, you know, it's funny. I think I feel that way every year. I'm like, well, what if this is it, you know? <laughs> okay. So what am I going to do? It's like, you know, it, there's a certain um, program that we know and talk about being a badass and that, all that kind of stuff. And I think um, I sort of feel like that this year, like my year started about a month or two ago. Yeah. And so I am I'm going hell for leather when it comes to how much this is like, how, how actually, how much can I, how many people can I actually, how much, how many people can I touch? How many people can I, how many lives can I touch this year? That's, that's yeah. kind of the really buzzing <laughs> thing that I'm on right now. Yeah. And that's, a, that's not just in my business. I'm dating this really lovely fella at the moment. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I hadn't been dating for a long time. And so that's sort of happening. And it's like, well, how much joy can we bring to each other's lives? Oh, that would be really fun. That's something I'm buzzing on. <laughs> and it's also kind of like, well, how much joy can I find in my life? And people talk about their work, like it's, I'm going to work. I've never felt that way as a performer, as an actor and a singer. I have never, as a voiceover artist, I've never felt that way about, and my coaching, because those things all go together. They're all, they all feed off each other. And this, like, okay, say this is the last year I've got. Yeah. This time next year, I'm going to get hit by a bus you know, or whatever. And the breast cancer thing, done that, fine. It's all good. Emergency surgery this year, done that. God, it's all good. I was like, throw, keep throwing it at me. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, yeah, for a year, I say it's a year of yes. And it's a year of really investing in my health. And that goes for my mental health as well. And investing in joy definitely with a capital j <laughs> j for joy i love yeah. it and helping my also helping the people that i work with to find that too okay. yeah it's about being amazing and speaking and, and all that stuff but it you know it starts in here and we all say 12-step program we all you know, they always say it's an inside job absolutely and there's nothing outside of us that's going to fix an inside problem no way jose yeah, Nothing. even though it looks really tempting, really tempting, don't work that way. No, not at all. Change the context, not the content. Oh, very good. I haven't heard that one, Andrea. Nice. Because if you change the context of things, how you see them, the content can stay the same forever. Oh, God, and, God, yeah. And two people looking at something will see things in different ways, like... Same as like two people that know me, one person might hate me, one person might love me and that's okay, right? And, but I haven't changed, I'm still me. But the only thing that's changed is the context in which people are looking at me. And, and if we can, we can apply that to anything in life, mm. apply that to that car that we keep saying we're going to get rid of because it does our head in, because it clunks or it's not fast enough or it's not pretty enough. We can do it with 
work we can do it with our own bodies we can do it with loads of different things and and like you were saying about you don't feel like it's work I'm the same I don't see coaching I never saw doming I didn't see stripping in the context of work I saw it as this is great fun and I get I can't genuinely can't believe I get to do this and you get paid for it I mean that was <laughs> you know it was amazing um and I still feel that way when I get gigs you know if I get this tv thing and that or a little part in the film there or whatever and it's you know it, it's one thing about creating more of my my own clients because I freelance very successfully for other companies yeah but that I always there's that there's that phrase that I think I said it before we went live it's sometimes quickly sometimes slowly as long as long as we the those things will always materialize if we work for them and it throws again sometimes quickly sometimes I that phrase. You froze oh, just are you, uh, are you oh we're there now yeah you froze I missed the phrase you were like the this phrase and then it just throws at your back yeah, no back. we're there now back again I think yeah, yeah it's just freezing a bit there oh don't we love live technology <laughs> technology is great when it works I know, I know. <laughs> so you were saying what was the phrase that you were wanting to say oh um sometimes quickly sometimes slowly it, it will always materialize if we work for for them which is like yeah. you know the promises of the 12-step program but I would also apply that to my um my personal life and my my business life as well and it's that idea of consistency yeah and trusting trust trusting that if you keep showing up if I keep showing up consistently yeah on a high vibration level mm -hmm. something has to happen something's going to happen and if I try to help other people to show up as the highest vibration version of themselves. And this sounds a bit woo woo, but I don't, it, it isn't. It's kind of like, it's actually science. If you, if you are, if you are clear. Yeah. And confident and have that clarity within yourself and where you're coming from, what's that story that you're telling? It's going to hit other people in that kind of clear, exciting way as well. But yeah, so it's kind of like keep for me consistency is key right now. Yeah. Keep showing up. Keep keep being honest, keep being clear. And keep and and if sometimes you know I have to manufacture. Actually no, that's not true. That feeling of excitement and joy. I find that my work is what saves me. Because it lets me show up for somebody else for that hour forget about my own shit forget about my own problems forget about my own stuff it's actually an hour where i can just help to help somebody else just find the keys that are going to open the doors for them and find the how the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit together for them to make the most beautiful the most exciting the most the most colorful, full of texture and life and light. What's going to help them to get there? Yeah. Nothing to do with me really at all. Mm -hmm. And I love that about this, about coaching, is that it's never about me, ever, 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 ever. It's 
always about them. Yeah. And, and like we know through, through doing 12 Step stuff, the only way that we get to keep this is to give it away. And that's the way I approach coaching. I leave nothing in the tank. They get everything. And yeah. Like, and that, that heals, helps to heal me as well. And, and I can, because I get to see, I get to see what life could be like if I was to go back and I get to see where I've come from because I can see myself and other people as well and the, the struggles that they're going through. And, and it's a, a brilliant reminder to just keep doing the work and keep moving forward. Oh God, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, it's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's not like, oh, you fixed it and then it's fixed. Like, no, this is a journey. Like this is tools that you need to employ all the time. There's no magic wand, there's no magic fix. But, you know, there's mindset shifts. You can change the context, but you need you need to be the one that does it. You need to take that responsibility. So, so yeah, so any, any final advice for any women watching? Breathe. <laughs> Don't forget to breathe. Um, don't be don't be afraid to change don't be afraid to do things differently because it's scary it's scary when we go you know something that's whatever i'm doing isn't really isn't working for me anymore yeah i need to do something different and to reach out and find someone a coach could be i don't know it depends but to to start looking for someone who has what you want and find out how they went about getting there. Absolutely. And, and one thing that I would that I, I tell people, whether they're clients or not, is find someone that won't co-sign your bullshit. Because <laughs> we, can en- we can enroll people in our bullshit so easily. And some of the best advice that I got, especially when I was in, in the 12 steps, was to be careful who I speak to about certain problems because, you know, if I had problems with my partner, what I didn't really want to, what wouldn't help me is going and telling someone that would go, yeah, he is a total bastard, you should get rid of him. Because that's what people want to do because they want to be your friend, they want to be on your side, they want to support you and and that doesn't help. And having someone that is, A, not going to go and tell everybody your problems, right? So someone that's closed-mouthed, but also someone that, that is going to challenge you and, and not buy into all of that stuff and, and not get enrolled in your story and, and help you to create a new story that you can get enrolled in that's empowering, that's going to move you forward, that's going to help you cut through all of that nonsense. So, Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think that that's... And finding, um, because like we all have coaches, even coaches have coaches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, I think that idea of listening, finding someone who is, who is saying, you go, yeah, you're nodding, going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you've said there, oh, it's just, we've just frozen a bit again here. 